Good Friday to you and welcome inside the Property Squad studios of WKVL and Rocky Top Sports. I'm Wayne Kaiser alongside Booner as we grind it out right here on a Friday edition. Boone, uh, good morning. Welcome in. And uh, and and I think after yesterday we can say uh, spring's finally here, man. It's uh, It got warm yesterday. In the 70s, my brother. Can you believe that? I can like it. I can like it because, man, it was uh, it was nice out there. I, uh, y- you know, I've seen all the memes out there that says, you know, uh, all the husbands are regretting the the statement. When I have time, I'll get that done because that list just continues to get longer and longer and longer. I got a lot of good things done yesterday. We got some new side tables for the for the Tennessee room, and yes, I have a Tennessee room. It's it's just it's something you got to see, but. Uh, Got new side tables, but they needed painted, so we painted those yesterday. I put out like these new little borders for my for my front flower bed, uh, little nail in kind of deals. Looks pretty good. Uh, we're gonna mow today. Gonna pressure wash the the back patio. I mean, like I got a I got a regiment. Like we're knocking it out. The boys are loving it. Uh, we practiced some baseball last night, just in case you know sports ever do restart. Uh, so we're ready to go. I took Piper to uh, Sandy Springs, went up several steps. She was out there. Uh, you know she's handicapped, right? But she was running up that hill with me three times. That tongue was hanging halfway down to her feet. <laughs> I was proud of her. The kids or little kids saw her. I was proud of her. Had to pet her and uh, get on friendly with her. But Oh, yeah. Got to love that in these times. You're like, hey, where's your hand sanitizer at? There were people out there uh families playing a little baseball a little wiffle ball action and uh people running and dogs everywhere but very safe distance i might add <laughs> yeah i would say you know the the social distancing that's a that's a that's a thing that'll stick around for a while uh, at least until about september and then when football games start social distancing gonna be a little difficult but uh uh, what do you think about the conversation we're possibly headed for a depression, Wayno? Scare uh, tactics or reality? I, I mean, I think I, I think the world in the in the current state it's in with the volume of people, we're we're forever on a teeter. You, you know what I'm saying? We can lean one way and 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 really head towards a depression, or we could lean the other way and get right out of this thing. I I, I don't have enough information to tell you one way or another, but I, I'll tell you this: uh, I think the the what was it two trillion dollar def you know deal that they signed yesterday about a stimulus package i mean it it's gonna help in the in the current but it's gonna hurt us over over the time so i don't know i don't know i think i think we've got every every chance in the world to to go either way but uh we'll, we'll just have to let that shake out but i tell you who was probably depressed a little bit yesterday big boon uh-oh uh ncaa uh the well the ncaa wasn't upset the college's uh, that budget were maybe a little upset. And what I'm talking about is yesterday the Board of Governors for the NCAA voted unanimously to distribute $225 million to Division One schools in June. And a lot of people's probably out there going, why is that a big deal? 
That's a lot of money. A lot of meals they're flinging around. That's a lot. But uh, that's less than half of what they had budgeted for. Following the cancellation of basketball tournaments and winter and spring championships, uh, the NCAA had planned to distribute $600 million and start that just next month. So uh, let's just let's just take a bunch of the zeros off. It's like I said, hey, Boone, I'm going to give you $600. You'd be pretty happy, right? I'm cool with that. But then I walk in and I'm like, ah, and you and you go home and you make a budget and you blow some money you weren't normally going to blow because you knew 600 was coming from me. And you come in and, and I'm like, well, you know, things got rough. You know, I had to put some new tires on the car over the weekend. Uh, you get 225. Mm. Put you in a little bit of a spot, wouldn't you think? You crunched me there. Yeah, and so the NFL genera- – the, the, the description – of this, and again, this is from Mark Slaybaugh, ESPN senior writer, said the e- the NCAA generates most of its revenue from TV and marketing rights from the NCAA tournament, men's basketball, along with ticket sales from national championship events. The NCAA said fifty million will come from its reserves that it has, and two that has a two hundred seventy million event cancellation insurance policy, which will be used to pay off the line of credit to cover the remaining distribution within 12 months. He said, we are living in unprecedented times, not only for higher education, but for the entire nation and around the globe as we face the COVID-19 public health crisis. Michael Drake says he's an NCAA Board of Governors chairman and Ohio State president. He said, as an association, we must acknowledge the uncertainties of the financial situation and continue to make thoughtful and prudent decisions on how we can assist conferences and campuses in supporting student-athletes now and into the future. NCAA President Mark Emmert told ESPN last week from a national governing body was going to have to do some more hard things to figure out how we move forward. We've got some cash reserves and a variety of things, but it's going to be painful. Absolutely. It's going to be super hard. In a statement, Drake said the NCAA is also considering numerous cost-cutting budget measures. Uh, the association is prepared for a financial catastrophe uh, event like the one that we face just right now. While we certainly have challenges ahead, we would be in far worse position if we hadn't had a long-standing forward focus in our planning uh, of, of these type situations. It said, according to the NCAA Division II members, will receive 4.37% of actual revenues currently projected to be about $13.9 million, which is $30 million less than last year. Division Three will receive a 3.18% of revenues, which will be just a hair under uh, $10.8 million, uh, which is about $22 million less than last year. So, the reduced NCAA give give outs means many conferences will have less money to be shared with their member schools. During a teleconference with reporters on Thursday, Big 12 Commissioner Bob Bowlesby uh, said the smaller distribution from the NCAA would cost the league about $14 million. He expects the league to receive about $10 million from the NCAA instead of an anticipated $24 million. So, Boone, it's a... Penny pension time is upon us. Uh, we're going to find out where do they where do they impact things? Where do they drive up costs here in the next coming years to to recoup some of this vol- volume? 
And then on the flip side of things, how do they react right now? Because like I said, these budgets uh, that these universities run on, they're, they're sensible, but they're tight, I would think, at the same rate. They, uh, they spend money before they get it in a lot of ways. No doubt. Hey, Wayno, try to put it in uh, terms listeners can really understand there. Um, what, what are they really going to have to cut on budget-wise? Give some examples. You talking what, about the school? Yeah, the the athletics. I mean, I don't I don't think there's there's anything that's off the table to cut on. But no, I think you're going to cut on facility upgrades. I think you'll put some of that Neyland Stadium renovation on on pause. And again, I have no information saying that that's exactly what they're going to do. But you you go for what you can get a big hit from. Well, believe me, you stop a you you stop a hundred million dollar investment that that helps. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I think you'll you'll see some ticket prices go up. I think you'll see, uh, I think you'll see tuition go up. I, I think you'll see, uh, you, you know, some of these these cosmetic renovations of, of dorm rooms. You know, dorm rooms that are or practice fields that are four or five years old that are getting completely wiped out. I mean, i.e., just example that weight room that we replaced, you know, two or three years ago, that had been there two or three years. You know, th- there'll be there'll be a few years of of. Uh, Let's just say uh, contemplative, or is this really what we need to do? You, you know what I'm saying? So I don't know that anything's off the table as far as cuts, but I would think I think where you're going to see your biggest bang for your buck and not have to like wholesale raise everything is is you stop some of the facilities upgrades, uh, you you scale back some of the the unnecessary. You know, you talk about uh, the the essential businesses or the non-essential business. I'm pretty sure new sod on a field that just got sodded two years ago is probably gonna gonna slide down a little bit. New weights in a weight room that the weights in there just have a you know you could probably update them and, and repaint and do some things. Uh, I, I think it'll be on a smaller scale like that. I don't know. I think from a fan's perspective, where we're gonna see the hit is in ticket prices and tuition. Do you uh, do you think couple areas I'm curious about here? I'd like your take on it. Uh, recruiting and maybe uh, transportation as far as going to the games. What do you think about those two areas? What do you mean? Like, are they going to scale back like the budget they have for recruiting? I don't know. It's hard to say because it, it it's kind of you know robbing Peter to pay Paul a little bit. You you cut your budget back on recruiting, you don't get the recruits you want. Then nobody's going to pay that high ticket price you want to push. So I, I, I think there's a lot of other places you can cut. Now, transportation to the game, yeah, I don't think we'll be flying to Vandy. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> we won't fly to Vandy, you know, which I don't know that we did that anyway. But what I'm getting at is is you're going to see the opportunity to – you leave six hours earlier and you can get there by, by bus or, or what have you. Uh, you, you know, they'll, they'll step up because you're saving a ton of money anyway and get a really nice bus, but – I don't know that we're to those discussions yet. Like I said, I think there's some stuff on the top, some low-hanging fruit that you can kind of put the pause button on uh, to, to kind of stabilize the forces, if you will. But, you know, if this stuff wanes into – if it goes all the way into August and September, I think a lot of things are on the table, Boone. I think, you know, necessary travel. You know, a lot of times for Florida and Georgia and those games, you know, we take the whole team. We take a full band. You know what I'm saying? Some of that stuff may get peeled back. Yeah, the numbers uh, 
kids worked really hard in practice. Ah, oh, guys, we we got to get him in here. I think they're really going to uh, trim some fat there. I read uh, NCAA spent hundred basically $154 million to run the championship events last year. And there were 90 championship events. Take a while, guess, Wayno, how many of them paid their own way, covered <laughs> their own cost out of 90? I'm going to say zero. Only six. Does that not blow your mind? Yeah. I mean, it doesn't surprise me, really, but it's it's – it's the situation they've been given. You, you know, it's it's kind of that discussion. Is that right? Is that wrong? I, I don't know that I've got the, the means to, to give a good answer on that. All I know is is it's one of those deals. If they say, Boone, you want to come on up here, all expenses paid, we'll take care of the bill. You're going to say, no, no, I've really, you know, I've got I've got a little bit of money in my pocket. I want, I want to go ahead and blow that on out. So I think it's it's one of those it's the it's the culture it's the situation that's been given to them. It, you know, we talked a little off the air, you know, about and, and this stuff's kind of you, you know maybe small small pennies, but at the same rate when you're replacing things every year, when you're redoing things every year, it costs money. You know, is this a situation to where um, equipment gets used as long as it's in in good working order? It gets used maybe a, a a different way. You know, we don't need new practice uniforms every year. Uh, I think you're you're possibly not. I mean, I've talked to people that uh, been there bowl games. We're talking like a Clemson, Ohio State, and shoestring break. A totally new pair of shoes were thrown at you. I mean, you broke a string, but you were impressing kind of spooling the athletes. Uh, things are going to be tight. But I think the rich are going to get richer and the poor are going to get poor based on the stats that you uh, you told us. How do you think the wealthiest conferences are going to fare versus the mid-major conferences? Well, the the, the thing about mid-majors is, is – and how do I say this without being – the impact of the cancellation of the NCAA tournament was low. And the reason I say that is there wasn't a grand number that were going to go. I mean, there was probably maybe, what, 10? Maybe 10 colleges? So when you talk about that, that's, Sounds about right. that's like one-member school out of the conference, you know, all, all those kind of things. And they have, they already run on a tight budget. Honestly, I don't know that they may not come out of this in better shape than a lot of the big boys because they know how to run a tight program. They know how to schedule a game that's going to make them a million dollars in the fall. They You know, Tennessee can't. There's not a game and there's not a person in the country going to pay Tennessee a million dollars to come and play. But those mid-major schools have that. So do you restructure your your 2020 calendar and instead of going and playing, you know, nobody state university, you go and play Kansas for a million dollars. You go play you, you go play Oklahoma in football for a million dollars. You know what I'm saying? And and there's not enough opportunities for everybody to do that, but what I'm saying is mid-majors are already built on a tight budget. They they've not been replacing practice uniforms for years, <laughs> you know. They don't they don't throw new shoes at a at a kid. They know how to change a shoelace on a, a side court. They they pay a guy about twenty dollars a game and he'll do it for you. Oh yeah. So I'm I'm just kidding, but but I mean I would. The but, B, the billion dollar TV contracts really figure into it, and, and they help the uh, the Clemsons, the Georgias, the Tennessees. What you know? I know what's what would really kill us would be. If if this uh, 
COVID-19 stretches into football season, then we start taking hits from basketball and football. Well, yeah, and, and I understand the NCAA basketball tournament is something that's large, that's huge in the, the overall revenue of the NCAA and getting colleges or member schools, I guess is the best way to put it, some money. You want to hit each individual institution the hardest, take, take some football. Uh, I mean, you, you we're talk talking about, eliminating sports there, aren't we? Well, I mean, in some you, programs. I mean, it could happen. Rowing team and yeah, I mean, there there could be some opportunity there. But but what I'm saying is is you know a couple games at Thompson Bowling Arena, which we didn't lose. You know, we we were done playing at Thompson Bowling Arena. But uh, you, you know, you take a couple of those away, and that sucks. But I mean, the average attendance about 15k, right? Right, you lose two ball games where average attendance is around ninety nine thousand. I mean, whoa! And, and here's the thing: fifteen thousand of basketball at an average ticket price of about twelve to fifteen dollars, or a college football game average ticket price about forty fifty dollars. I, I, it adds up quick, and revenue that that was planned on and spent is no longer there. Here's what I hope, Boone, and and again, we we probably. Just need to get off this topic. One, I hope we're, I hope we're doomsday prepping a little bit. I hope, I hope we have a story that that sounds a whole lot worse than it really is going to be. I mean, look at the UK. Uh, their their guy that uh, their scientist or whatever that pro- projected the number of deaths from this thing came out yesterday and said he was way off. He did a worst case scenario because his tables weren't working. He went from a, a, assessing a twenty thousand death toll to somewhere. Or, or no, he he projected a half a million lives lost on coronavirus. He came back yesterday and said 20,000, 20,000 worldwide. Worldwide. And I'm like, that's a big difference. That's a big difference. I mean, that's a catastrophic, like, scare From tactic. From a half a mil to 20,000. Yeah, that's a scare tactic that has been disproved. So what I'm saying is I hope we are planning and we're discussing this and then all of a sudden – uh, things work out, and, and yes, it's a bump in the road. Yes, it's a gap we can't fill, but at the same rate, the impact to the end user, the students, the the fans, and, and, and you know, the athletes, those, those are limited. Because here's the thing. Uh, I'll be honest with you, Boone. There's not a whole lot more of those tickets can go up that I can afford them. Uh, HDTV has gotten to a place to where I don't know how much higher they can go that I want to afford them. And I think they need to understand that. They need to understand the the no longer is it well you get all these pay per view games that you can't otherwise get. Don't have those anymore. I can go seventy nine dollars a month and see every Tennessee football game. So what I'm saying is their margin for move on the ticket price is low, and then for ten, and then for for the student, believe me, I have a student loan payment that uh, it's just like the rent. It's due every month uh, that came from the University of Tennessee. And those prices went up every year Laura was there. So um, you look at it, and and you gotta you, you kind of hope that that it doesn't affect them that much because at the end of the day, um, you ever heard those five P's: proper planning prevents poor performance. Exactly. I put, I put other words in there, but I don't think they're necessary in this point. But here's the deal: uh, it's not it's not the greater university's fault that athletics. Uh, took a made a good decision and and stopped some things that need to happen so i hope the government steps in with this with this monster budget that they've just just uh tried to approve or did approve i guess last night um and i hope that uh that, that things balance out and then 
uh, as as they've said, uh, I believe that if we can get on the other side of this, that we can be stronger. I mean, gas prices are. I think I saw a dollar seventy six yesterday. We've got we've got to get some people who really realize they're not informed, they're not educated. The American people deserve to be educated on what's going on around us. Well, you know, this will blow your mind, but 90% of our news in the entire U.S. is controlled by six corporations. People need to learn that and accept it and just apply it to life. It's crazy, but we, we got to get this fear tactics out, and uh, everybody needs to really get in touch and wake up with what's going on around them right. and not, not have all this fear making us destroy our financial future and overreacting right. and throwing people under the bus. we got to get the politics out of this mess, too. I think you're right. I think you're right. Bowlesby said it's a whole new ball game if we find ourselves later in this year not being able to play football. It would affect everything we do. It affects the largest portion of our TV contract, and it affects the largest source of campus revenue which is live games. Anything that I say regarding finances has to make the assumption we're going to be back to playing football in the fall. If that doesn't happen, the underpinning of what we know is normal goes away, and we have major changes to make. If that does not happen, we're going to have a lot of people saying basketball and football are just games, and there are people dying out there. Right. Right. I uh, I think if it stretches into that point, we, uh, we've got to, we've got to tune our, our – We've got to tune our talk uh, away from sports and figure out how to fix this thing. But hopefully the curve is flattening uh, as we as we take some chances and take some things out. But uh, we'll, uh, we'll live to fight another day. But we'll talk a little bit more sports on the flip. You're listening to The Grind, 100.9 FM, 8.50 AM, and streaming at WKBL.com. We'll be right back. Your hometown alternative to Ordinary Sports Radio, 100.9 FM, 8.50 AM, Rocky Top Sports. Buying a home is one of the biggest financial decisions you will ever make, and it can be overwhelming, but Donna Cry at Mortgage Investors Group is committed to making your home buying experience a pleasure. Donna Cry is my personal home mortgage specialist. MIG is rated number one in residential mortgage lenders in Tennessee. Are you considering a new home? Then use who I trust, Donna Cry with Mortgage Investors Group in Maryville. Whether you're buying your first home or your fifth, Donna will help you put your home ownership plans into action. Call Donna at 865-984-9948 or go to DonnaCry.com. MIG is an equal housing lender. El Jimador Mexican Grill, authentic Mexican food in Maryville, Tennessee for the past 15 years. Open Sunday through Thursday, 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. Friday and Saturday, 11 a.m. to 10.30 p.m. El Jimador offers Monday through Friday lunch specials with their 15 minutes or free guarantee. Call your order in at 865-681-6040 and delivery is available. You'll enjoy a comfortable environment while gathering with family and friends at El Jimador Mexican Grill, located at 1705 East Lamar Alexander Parkway in Maryville, Tennessee. El Jimador Mexican Grill, a proud sponsor of Blunt County Sports. Are you looking for a place to relax and have fun after work or a place to fill the weekend fun? Check out the Party Pub in the heart of Maryville. They open at 7.30 a.m. and have daily drink specials. They have darts, karaoke, and billiards daily, as well as Tennessee football each and every Big Orange Saturday in the fall. 
So check out the Party Pub on Ellis Avenue in downtown Maryville, a place where they treat you like family, and it's always a good time. At the Blood Partnership, we're working to keep people safe and informed about the recent outbreak of COVID-19, the coronavirus. We know that as members of the community, businesses are experiencing unexpected challenges, and we're committed to providing as much support as possible. Find business and community information on our website at www.bluntchamber.com or search for Blunt Chamber on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. This is Wayne Kaiser, host of Rocky Top Sports, sports radio show, The Grind. If you're looking for a way to catch The Grind, not in its normal programming, if you can't make that six to seven hour, check it out online, thegrindonsports.com. It's the hub for everything The Grind. We've got Twitter feed, Facebook feed, and of course, SoundCloud. If you miss a show, you don't have to miss it forever. Check it out online, thegrindonsports.com. That's thegrindonsports.com. We don't always promise to be perfect, but we promise to give you our honest opinion. This is sports radio from a fan's perspective. You're listening to The Grind on 100.9 FM, 8.50 AM, Rocky Top Sports. Welcome back inside the WKVL studios of Rocky Top Sports. I'm Wayne Kaiser alongside Booner as we grind it out here on a Friday edition. Boone, want to give a little shout out to 42nd Street Marketing, 42SD.com, as they have helped us rebrand here on The Grind. If you haven't had a chance to check out our new website, give it a look, thegrindonsports.com. It it really is. It's what I always wanted it to be, but it looks so much better now. Uh, it's got our Facebook, Twitter, Instagram feed. It's got our SoundCloud feed, and it also has connections to where you can download our Google Play Music podcast and our Apple podcast. So you Class can, act. You can check it right on out, and it looks like what we want it to be. It looks like uh, it looks like a hub for for what fans want to get and what they need to see. There's a place there where you can comment. It'll shoot me an email straight over, and if we can't get to it that very day, uh, we'll sure put it on the show, put it on the air. Uh, in in the coming days, but uh, give it a look, thegrindonsports.com. But again, want to give a shout out to Forty Second Street Marketing here in Maryville as they're they're uh, they're invested in Blunt County and now they've invested in the grind. Check it out again, thegrindonsports.com. If you like what you see, check them out. 42sd.com is their website, and then you look at it. It is. 865-382-7007, the phone number if you want some help with your business or a, a uh, an opportunity you're looking to exploit, 865-382-7007. Well, Boone, as we come out of what is kind of doom and gloom, Debbie Downer, a little discussion there uh, about what the, the dollars look like uh, on, on the NCAA, on athletics, we'll flip gears a little bit and talk about eligibility. Uh, yesterday, uh, a local station did kind of a, a season wrap up and was talking to Jordan Bowden, and and I'm watching it or whatever, and and they said, well, you know, if you had the opportunity to come back, what would that look like? 
And he was pretty blunt. And I, and I think he needs another year, to be honest with you. But uh, Jordan Bowden said, I would be interested in it. I would love to come back. But it'd be something I'd have to talk to with my with my parents and family and, and such. So the Carter High School project or prospect uh, has, has exhausted at the current moment his eligibility at Tennessee, but was going to have an opportunity to play in the Southeastern Conference Tournament and potentially – a chance to get to the NCAA. But, uh, Boone, w- what do you think about that? We've talked about it in, in length at other at other venues, but uh, they're definitely considering spring sports, the, the baseball, softball, and, and the spring sports, but they haven't necessarily made a decision on winter sports, which would be basketball, uh, ladies' basketball, et cetera. What, what do you think about that? Because to me, the stack up in basketball would be something – Almost catastrophic. I mean, because you're looking at it uh, today, uh, Nikki Anasicki's brother, EJ, uh, is committing. Well, we have a spot because Jalen Johnson stepped in the portal. If they keep these, if they give those seniors an opportunity to come back, do they give us more scholarships? You know, what kind of stack up would that do? So, two questions. One, would it be good for Jordan Bowden to return to Tennessee? And two, does Tennessee have a spot for him? Point blank. Yes and yes. Now, we're really loaded. I think – did I count six guards? Well, see, the problem is that in today's sports, they all call themselves shooting guards, power forward, da-da-da. So, I don't I, – I think there's at least four guards on the floor. But there's nine players that could start at any one time. I, I think it would be great, his experience. Uh, I've read some accounts, I know, of these – First of all, you're not going to get back all the people that you wanted. Was it Butler that ran 18 and 0 in their conference and 28 and 2? I mean, they they were loaded. Uh, if they brought everybody back, if they gave, I, I mean, think Dayton they, had a pretty good year too. Was it Dayton? Then? I think it might have been Dayton. Dayton, Dayton, Dayton was the one I'm trying to think about. Yeah, uh, Belmont did really good too. They qualified, but the team I was looking at, Dayton. I think they're big guy. The big starters, the studs, were all seniors. There's no way in the world they bring those guys back, replicate the season, and uh, duplicate what they did. There's just too many factors involved on the side. Uh, some guys want to immediately get into the working world. One or two are thinking, "Man, th- this has been some pounding on my body, my knees." You know what? I had a great experience, but some of them, Wayno, they got. They got eliminated last year, uh, these guys were talking about, and they had to work 11 months to get back to this one spot. And I read a few cases where the the main protagonist that got eliminated hit, hit like a long three and put their team in the tournament, which was super. Right. And then after being on top of the world, a few days later they realize, oh, my career's ended. I'm for any type of uh, – my answers are yes and yes – uh, especially Bowden. Bowden's had, he's got some unfinished business. I would love to see him come in uh, if if all the equations fit there and he was able to come in. Now, a good question would be if he did come in, what would, let's say that the two five-stars come in and they really compete well, how would the dynamics be? Well, here's the thing. that That's kind of where I'm getting at. And, and maybe you get back to Bowden of old. But, no, I think he absolutely could use the return. 
I mean, I think it would help his draftability. It would help everything. He'd get graduate school in. You know, the, all the the pluses there. So, yes, I mean, I think the first question to anybody who's a Tennessee basketball fan uh, is a yes on should he come back. Yes, absolutely. The B question is can he play? And what I say by that is, yes, he has a ton of experience. But he also has he has a little shell shock because when he started getting the best defense, he couldn't perform. Point blank, end of story. So it, it, the, the question remains, like you said, does he go back to being a role player? Can he go back to getting the third or fourth best defense of a team and, and lacing the three-point shot like he did two years ago? Possibly. But to say that, that Jordan Bowden's going to come back and be the face of the, of the basketball team, I don't think that's, that's in the cards. I just think that opportunity is come and went. But there's one sentence that we hear so much, and there's so many different meanings to it. It is a process. He worked his way through this entire season. He, he faced so many different things. He fought his way through. And also, Wayne, we have to figure in there the fact that he – these kids have a, an adjustment period of – trying to really learn what Coach Barnes wants. He knows, after all these years, what Barnes wants, and he can activate it on the floor. Um, can he? Can he? We'd have to wait and see. <laughs> I mean, that's what we waited on for, for, for several months this year because we wanted that. We wanted him to be the on-floor leader. We wanted him to be the Grant Admiral Jordan Bone. And it just didn't happen. So I think maybe you take some of that pressure off that opportunities there. But here's another question for you, Boone. Does that give Lamonte Turner another year? Oh, man. Does that give a, a I mean, knee time to heal? Is he interested? That I don't know. I would love to see him healthy with all that speed. With his uh, little 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 across half court stop and get the foul all the time. That's like my favorite thing. He's got a little bit of Larry Bird in him. I mean, he's he's a dead eye and dagger to the heart when he wants to. I uh or I your other boy there, we were talking about Wayne O. He did so much better once he broke the top ten and threes, then he got down to number seven, if I'm not wrong. And it's like a anchor that he was dragging around. Uh do you was think, lifted from me. Do you think they might do a, a deal where, you know, because they probably they, – they're not going to want, like you said, for a Dayton, they would have to up that, that overall scholarships by like five or six. They might not want to do that. Do you give a kid an opportunity to say, listen, you come back, you won't have a scholarship, but you can play basketball? Mm. I don't think he'd want to take it. I mean, I'm not he, saying you have to go to school. Like, it would need to be an NCAA thing where you're a basketball player. It would almost be like a, uh, I don't know, like a, a G League, if you will. Like, you, you get to play basketball because it's, it's a, it's a one-time draw kind of deal. Uh, this situation happened. You can play basketball. Maybe you have to take a minimum number of credits uh, to do something, but you don't have a scholarship. I think Jordan Bowden would want to because I don't think he has the draft stock nor – uh, is he? Is he? I don't want to say equipped because that's probably not a good word. But I, I think you have to have a certain dagger mentality that that, like you said, stone cold kind of feel uh, to go in and work through the G League and work your way up. Josh Richardson had one of those, even though he was a first round pick. Uh, Josh Richardson was kind of a, a he was a stone cold uh, stare kind of guy. But I think I think Jordan Bone needs to show a little something something. You know what I'm saying? I think he w he would need to come back if that opportunity gave itself to him. 
Uh, that's not been said yet. That's not been done. And and the problem is there's too much red tape. Is how do you handle the scholarship quantity? To me, you you let happen what happens because this isn't the kid's fault. It's not the sport's fault. It's not the university's fault. You you take who wants to come back. You let go who wants to go, and and you roll with it like that, and then adjust from there. You have a one year difference that you're gonna get. You're gonna get these guys for one additional year. From there, we go right back to the drawing board and square this thing up. So, but again, what does that do to incoming recruits? You came in as a freshman because Jordan Bowden was graduating. You don't want total chaos where you have guys coming in and transferring, entering the portal after a few months because the portal's a thing like i feel like i need to get in the portal periodically yeah just go in there and see what kind of revolving door it is and play with it and <laughs> who knows how it can play out but a lot of dynamics i i would part of me would love to see uh the two jordans one more year together one totally healthy and one with more confidence yeah it could be uh it could be pretty electric. And I, I think Josiah Jordan James is going to take a step forward in the role-playing game. I think I think Devontae Gaines is going to take some steps forward in the role-playing game. And I think Santiago Vescovi, you get him this summer uh, to get his ball handling under control, and this is going to be a cat that uh, he's going to be nasty to play against and fun to watch. I'm excited about what Tennessee basketball looks like. But a little wrinkle. Uh, I'll be interested. I, I'm following that maybe as close like – Here's my here's my order of operations, right? I'm following how long this thing's gonna go. Like, what is what's its impact long term? Because I've heard, like, my little boy, I got a text from the coach yesterday said we was gonna start practice in May. Now I don't know what information came down that said that, but that that's something I'm thinking about. Yesterday was opening day, and we'll talk a little bit about that here in just a second. But how long's baseball gonna get delayed? Does that push baseball into November, December? You know, how do they look to recover that? Uh, and then on the flip side of how are they going to justify this uh, this spring loss to outgoing seniors of college programs? I love that, that the baseball softball looks to be a, a mere vote away from, from this being a real deal where they get another year because you talk about guys on that Tennessee baseball team that, that were getting ready to, to oh, explode. Alaric Solari. Us. Everybody, yeah. And that killed us. We had the second best start of all time since we've even had a baseball team. Tony Vitello, he said, you know. Damn, he Rug said you, was jerked out. He said you could talk about this possibly going to be the, the greatest season ever, but he said that didn't happen. He said we just got to get back, get to work, and uh, and, and kind of dig back in. And I think that's what you say if you're a coach, but at the behind closed doors he's going, man, what could have been. Hey, your boy uh, Anasaki – Anasiki, yeah. Did you see on video what he did? He's a nasty player. He's fantastic. He's coming down. He crosses the half court. The guy dribbles to the point, passes out to the wing. A guy fires up a three-pointer. It rolls around comes out. He comes sailing in from the foul line, <laughs> grabs it with one hand, switches to the other hand, and jams it on an offensive rebound. So so who we're talking about is EJ Anasiki, brother of Nikki Anasiki, who is who will sign or commit to play somewhere for a grad transfer year. That's a plus. She loved it here. I, I hope so. I think hey, I think it could happen. It it will happen sometime around noon. If you're listening to the rebroadcast or listening later in the day, uh it happened at noon. So Google very uh very easy name, EJ Anasiki. 
The announcer said he got chills going all the way up his uh, spine from watching that play that he did. And he said, I've been calling these games years and years. And I'll tell you this. Uh, anytime you can get uh, you can get family members of players that have been here. Uh, Philip Former, I think, said one time, the hardest part's getting them on campus. When you get them on campus, it does it for you. Because it's a beautiful campus. It's an opportunity uh, to be at a university that – I mean, look at – and I know Peyton did some successful things that kind of make you – uh, respect him, but Peyton Peyton graduated here in '97. There's a lot of people between '97 and today that have graduated and never come back. But those who do are always well received. Well, when we got Peyton and Brandon Stewart when they came in in '94, it was it just the parts started falling in place like crazy. Once we saw the two top quarterbacks in the entire nation say they're coming here, that's one reason we had the best uh, recruiting class top one or two in the entire history of Tennessee on that one. When you have good quarterbacks, you get good receivers. When you have good that, you get good linemen. When you have good linemen, you get good running backs. It all fits together. But we're going to take our last break of the day listen to these fine sponsors. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about what is going on in sports today. You're listening to The Grind. We'll be right back. Buying a home is one of the biggest financial decisions you will ever make, and it can be overwhelming, but Donna Cry at Mortgage Investors Group is committed to making your home buying experience a pleasure. Donna Cry is my personal home mortgage specialist. MIG is rated number one in residential mortgage lenders in Tennessee. Are you considering a new home? Then use who I trust, Donna Cry with Mortgage Investors Group in Maryville. Whether you're buying your first home or your fifth, Donna will help you put your home ownership plans into action. Call Donna at 865-984-9948 or go to DonnaCry.com. MIG is an equal housing lender. Whitlock & Company Certified Public Accountants features accounting services for individuals and businesses. Serving Blount County for over 30 years, everything from income tax preparation services to personalized accounting plans for small businesses and large corporations with over 100 employees for a full range of accounting services, including payroll processing, bookkeeping, individual and business tax returns, compilation, review, and assurance services. It's Whitlock & Company, PC, 375 Fountain View Circle in Alcoa, Tennessee, 37701. Phone 865-984-1040 or 865-981-9638 or visit Whitlock & Company online at whitlockcpa.com. Are you looking for a place to relax and have fun after work or a place to fill the weekend fun? Check out the Party Pub in the heart of Maryville. They open at 7.30 a.m. and have daily drink specials. They have darts, karaoke, and billiards daily, as well as Tennessee football each and every Big Orange Saturday in the fall. So check out the Party Pub on Ellis Avenue in downtown Maryville, a place where they treat you like family, and it's always a good time. In uncertain times, you can be certain of this. The Salvation Army is serving those most in need with help and hope. Thanks to your donations, the Salvation Army is helping those affected by COVID-19. Those who've lost wages, 
who have no home to retreat to, who need food, help with utilities, and most of all, hope. To see how you can continue to make a difference, visit SalvationArmyUSA.org. This is Wayne Kaiser, host of Rocky Top Sports, sports radio show, The Grind. If you're looking for a way to catch The Grind, not in its normal programming, if you can't make that six to seven hour, check it out online, thegrindonsports.com. It's the hub for everything The Grind. We've got Twitter feed, Facebook feed, and of course, SoundCloud. If you miss a show, you don't have to miss it forever. Check it out online, thegrindonsports.com. That's thegrindonsports.com. This is Alex Melvin, CEO of Rural King. I want to personally assure you that Rural King and its associates are doing everything possible to provide the things you need for your family, farms, pets, and livestock. Our country has been through hard times before. We will get through this stronger than ever. God bless you and your family. From Rural King, America's farm and home store. The Blunt Partnership is committed to leading the Blunt County business community through this coronavirus outbreak. We will continue to be a resource for all businesses as well as supplying up-to-date information for our community. Please check out our website for updated information at www.bluntchamber.com or search for Blunt Chamber on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We don't always promise to be perfect, but we promise to give you our honest opinion. This is sports radio from a fan's perspective. You're listening to The Grind on 100.9 FM, 850 AM. Rocky Top Sports. Welcome back inside the WKBL studios of Rocky Top Sports. I'm Wayne Kaiser alongside Booner as we grind it out here on a Friday edition. Boone, we uh, we kind of left that topic a little open. Uh, EJ Anasicki, you think we get him today or not? I've got well, a lot of times when you ask me questions, I just go straight to the gut and don't even hesitate. Well, that's I, what we do here. That's fans. I've got a gut that says he comes. Uh, he watched Big Sister win two national titles with uh, the coach that there's a statue of out there. And who wouldn't want to play for Rick Barnes and put four people in the pros in one year? I mean, it's not like Coach Barnes is inexperienced. My gut says yes, but I've been wrong a lot on here, Wayno. Well, I hope you're not wrong on this one, Boone. But but I'll I'll say this. I've got a three – got a trifecta of why I think we probably get him. Uh-huh. And you, you kind of hit on, hit on one of them. Uh Sister comes here. I don't think you put Tennessee – you put Tennessee on the list early on and then you trim them off later. You give them the respect because your sister liked it here, et cetera, et cetera. But you don't have them in your final, the final four or five teams that you're going to make the decision with if they're not a real player. Two, Rick Barnes is one of the few elite coaches, and I will put Barnes in an elite coaching category. Now, he's not, he's not elite when it comes to getting all these five-star one-and-done guys. But I think there's a there's a caveat to what he does do in developing players uh, that that is more of a program building than a team building. So I think he is one of the few coaches that are a little unscathed with the NCAA violations. I think some of his other schools have a, a little looming 
problems coming their way. So I think that plays to Tennessee's favor. And then here's the third one. Well, I'm buying everything you said so far. And here's the third one. Jalen Johnson had to have a reason, a straw that broke the camel's back to get in the portal. We don't have a spot for EJ if Jalen doesn't get in the portal. And the uh, the articles I read said he met several times with several coaches. Kind of left room for us to read between the lines there. How long ago did he leave? What was it? Ten days maybe? No, it ain't been that long. I really think it's been the first of the week. So in my opinion, you don't open a spot unless you got a spot to you got a you got a body you want to put in it. Well, he so, was averaging uh, eighteen minutes per game or per SEC game. Who are you talking about? Uh, Johnson Portal oh, exit bye bye Johnson. Oh, and, and here's the thing: I, I don't think you give up. You, you don't give up a spot on a team that you're looking to add minutes for your senior season uh, if you if you haven't you know read the writing on the wall. So. Anyway, I, I think EJ, has, we have a real opportunity to land him. Now, does that mean we absolutely do? I don't know. Uh, because you look at it, he's got Louisville, Gonzaga, Georgetown, Georgia, Wake Forest, Boston College, uh, a lot of different schools on that list. I think there's some academic uh, you, you know, requirements that, that are having to be met as well because, again, he's a grad transfer. Uh, he's, he's a guy that's looking to, to bolster that uh, academic resume as much too. So, um, how Im- how impressed do you think he was when we went, what, 20 straight weeks at number one? Was he an impressionable fan then? See, I don't know. I mean, it, those grad transfer guys, I, do, I just never know what tipped the scale. You know, uh, when did he leave? When did he decide he wanted to leave? Did he just want to go ahead and get his degree and then play at a big-time school one year? How did that look? But I think always at the Anasiki house, after Sis came up here and had the success she did, I think they, we've always been in, that, in that, that role like, oh, good, college basketball, da 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 Tennessee. Oh, ladies basketball, da 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 here's all the rundown, Tennessee. And so we've always been an undertone in the Anasiki house for the last decade or more. So I think in, in that respect – uh, EJ likes what what maybe Sis had going for you know I think he likes that there's a spot for him at six six averaging near sixteen points a game near twelve rebounds a game uh, with the opportunities that are coming you know we still got some unanswered questions Eve Ponds there's a lot of people that say he has an NBA decision to make uh, and we'll see we'll see how that shakes out but no I think I think he has every opportunity to come to Tennessee and we'll just see if he takes it would it blow your mind if we had both Jordans. Anasiki, Ponds, of course, comes back. Defensive player of the year in the SEC. Um, Gonzaga, we know, there, there's an attraction about them. There's a history of being number one, always up there. I'm going to wild guess it again and say his top two are Tennessee and Gonzaga. So we'll see where he goes. Yeah, I mean, I'm always partial. I'm always partial. But a couple stay half full on this show, and we'll we'll pick that EJ Anasicki becomes a volunteer. We'll, we'll of course, tweet out anything we find out, anything we see as the day progresses. But, Boone, as we got about nine minutes till the top of the hour, opening day was to be yesterday. Uh, talked a little Freddie baseball on Wednesday, and, uh, and he was kind of uh, – mulling around the the loss of baseball and, and really the the absence thereof and what what was happening in that absence but the idea yesterday started floating around of of some ideas to once this thing restarts if this thing gets back off the floor to how to recover these sports and some of them were almost comical 
they were talking about seven inning uh, double headers like on the weekly, like every week. One, I don't think Major League Baseball players are going to be interested in that. But two, they were talking about also some opportunity for baseball to go into December. And you were talking about hitting a baseball in December. Uh, you, not you, you don't a, much care for that? Not a, not a pleasant memory. Hey, it may be a way to get, get fans in Miami. They might be all for it because Lord knows they, they've got about 17 fans in there most days. Go south, young man. And if we shorten this season, it's going to cut into the excitement. Uh, I love I don't, glancing I don't around, seeing who's the home run leader for different teams and watching them battle back and forth. And We were excited seeing how the Yankees' new lineup was going to work, how the new rules were going to go into effect. And uh, Los Angeles stole a player from the Red Sox. That would have been exciting. What, Mookie Betts? And- oh, and David Price. But, I, you know, I'm on the flip a little bit. I'm wondering if this shortened season, if they if they choose to just shorten the season, if it wouldn't be good for baseball. I don't know about you, but I, I literally, and this is full disclosure, there's a few weeks in the middle of the summer where I'm like, I don't know. I don't know who won today. Because it's it's in the mundane side of baseball where you can lose 50, 60 games and still be, you know, a 100-winner, a 100-game winner. It's just – a it's a hard sport to, to kind of tailor in. I think it could merge a little bit of uh, excitement of every game matters. If you just shorten the season and you say, you know, here's the deal. If I still want to win 100 games, I can only lose 20 games, 30 games. Are I, you like me? You're, you're, it's a big deal to you whether it's a day game or a night game. And plus, if, if people are so short on money and trying to make up what they've lost, the tenants – where people kind of cut work and go out there, that's going to affect them maybe. What do you think? I mean, any. here's the thing. I, I've learned from working on different shifts, it's hard to it's hard to calculate what it impacts anybody. Like I remember when I was on third shift, I never made a night game. Everybody else in the world loves them. I couldn't make them because the game's about three-quarters of the way done, I got to go home and get ready for work. So a day game like blew me away. Like I loved it. You know, a one o'clock start, I go home, get a couple hours, go watch the ball game, go home, get a couple more hours, and I'm money. Like, it's all good. So, I, I think it's the, the dynamics are always going to be changing. I think they've got to do what's best for, for both TV and, and in, in, uh, in stadium attendance. But, man, I'll just tell you this. I'm, a shortened baseball season would, uh, would, I think, do the sport good because there's, there's several – the dog days of summer – where you just kind of get in there and you're just grinding the games through because you just got that many to get through. Uh, I wonder if, you know, you take a few series away. You know, because I know the Yankees and the Red Sox, they play like 17 times a year. You know, do you take a, a one series away from that? Do you take a do you take the, the interleague play? Do you take that away? I mean, I think it's good for the sport, but, I mean, in a time where you're trimming dates, I mean, it may be a way to, to not necessarily – change the game in this double header seven innings kind of talk and you can more so just make the games that you do have mean a little bit more and and I like I'm a college football fan for that very purpose if I ever saw a college football team sit their quarterback on week 11 I would not be as big of a college football fan but every game matters in college football every game matters uh, so that you you see the best version of that sport all the time. Baseball and NFL is not has become not that way. You know, we may stumble upon accidentally by this 
unseen, invisible beasts that we're facing, it may actually show some changes we like in the sport that we would have never seen otherwise. Any any change that helps, I, I applaud heavily. I would even be in favor of a rule change that would never allow Roseanne Barr to sing the national anthem again. Well, but that's just for for hearing protection. <laughs> that's not really for for sports betterment. I'll tell you though, there's a well, there's a lot of people that probably shouldn't sing the national anthem. But anyway, we digress. But uh, but boom, there's there's a ton of things they can do. There's a lot of things they're going to have to do. But I think the unforeseen time now is how long is the delay going to continue? I mean, even locally, we've talked. I've talked to a lot of local businesses. Knox County has that safer at home ordinance that they've instituted. I've talked to some Blunt County business owners, talked to a little bit of uh, law enforcement officers, and, uh, and and without saying, I think it's coming this way. I, I think the 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 forced stoppage of things is coming this way, and it's because. We've got to get a handle on this. I think I think Blunt County now has four four confirmed cases of coronavirus. I posted it yesterday on social media, the by county breakdown. And of course, there's some middle and west Tennessee uh, areas that are very heavily uh, inundated with with some problems there. But but at the same rate, uh, travel and and getting out there and and not you know respecting that social distancing and things uh, only allows the opportunity for this thing to spread and spread and spread. So what we need to do, I know, is turbocharge the vaccine development. We need to start hitting it on different ends, attacking it with the people that already have it, uh, preventing it from people that might get it until we really get there. And uh, we can't do anything delaying these people from getting money. Uh, talking about eliminating greenhouse effects and, jets being more important than the crisis we can't go there i've already eliminated greenhouse effect i don't grow a single plant at my house and we cannot (laughs) we cannot interrupt solving this national crisis because we immediately have to say that people deserve a 15 dollar minimum hour pay yeah yeah there's a lot of priorities 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 a lot of things we can put in front of that one but uh, again uh, a lot of things to be discussed, but we just unfolded just a touch of it here today. Had a fun week uh, as we've had Jeff in here twice, had Boone on three times. I mean, don't get much better than that. But uh, if you like what you've heard and want to hear some more of it, uh, check us out our website, thegrindonsports.com. Again, that's thegrindonsports.com. It's your hub. We can get Twitter feed, Facebook feed, Instagram, and, of course, SoundCloud, Apple Podcast, and Google Play Music. Check it out on the website, thegrindonsports.com. And if you need some marketing and need somebody who's invested in your local community, check out 42nd Street Marketing, 42SD.com. That's 42SD.com. Or give them a call, 865-382-7007. But, Boone, thanks for coming in. Always fun talking. And we'll talk again Monday. Chill Howie. (laughs) Sure. That's the Indian word for goodbye. Yeah, how about it? I thought you were like, I was like, what's going on in Knoxville? But anyway, as he he wrecks the outro, we'll uh, head on out. If you're on your way to work or on your way home, take care, be safe, and yes, grind on.